Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, welcome to church. So glad you're here. Go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. In case you don't know me, my name's Kate. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're here to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. In other words, the bottom line is we want to help you and equip you to go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Do I have anybody in here who wants to make a difference for the kingdom of God? You don't want to just get to heaven by yourself, right? You want to take some people with you. And that's what it's all about. Well, before we get into the message today, I want to remind you of what we're after this year. This year is all about team. Yeah, you guys got it. It's about what we can accomplish together for the kingdom of God. So if you find yourself doing something by yourself this year, what are you, what are you supposed to think? Hmm, I need to find some way to engage a team to help me out on this. I shouldn't be doing this by myself. Speaking of, Chris already said it, but if you're not in a culture impact team, you should find a team because those are our organized teams for you. And if you're like, well, I just don't know which one I should be in. I don't really relate to any of those seven mountains. Or maybe you're just thinking, I don't really have that much to offer to any of these teams. Let me tell you, you have something to offer to these teams. And if it comes down to it, just look on the schedule and find something that works with your schedule and jump into that team and see what happens. I think you'll be amazed at what God can do. You might just find out you have a skill you didn't know you had. Wouldn't that be cool? All right, so last week, I proved to you guys many times over and over that God wants you well. You believe it? God wants you well. Sickness is oppression from the devil. It is not a lesson from God. God does not give you sickness. He does not allow sickness to teach you something. God doesn't teach you that way. God wants you well. We must believe that God wants us well and remain in faith no matter how long it takes for us to see the healing. So settle that in your heart right now. God wants me well. God wants me well. And don't deviate from it no matter what you experience. And don't wait for the doctor to tell you you're well. Jesus already did. Y'all, you are well. We should simply believe, God, I know you healed me 2,000 years ago when Jesus took the stripes on his back because by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and I receive that healing now and I know that it's mine whether I see the results of it right now or a little bit later, right? So today I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to show you the authority that you have over your own life. This message is going to be shocking to many of you in the room. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you the title of this message so that shock factor can just settle down a little bit as we get into the meat of the message, because I don't want you distracted because you're shocked by what I'm telling you. So here's the title, You Decide When to Die. I'm just letting it settle. You decide when to die. I'm going to prove this to you today through the word of God. God wants you to get a revelation of this today. You see, most people just sit back and take a back seat in life and just accept whatever comes at them, right? Whatever happens, happens. For example, you get diagnosed with cancer, they give you a few years to live, and you just accept it as your life sentence. Or the doctor says you have some kind of incurable disease or disorder, and you just accept that you're going to have to live with it your entire life. Or you live in fear of dying of a car accident or from a heart, heart attack or a stroke or from somebody breaking into your house and killing you or, you know, something like that. But when you have a revelation of the authority God's given you over your own life, the peace that shows up is unexplainable. Nothing shakes you because you know you get to decide when it's time to go. You get to decide. And you might think I'm a bit crazy right now. 
And I'm okay with that because I'm in good company because this is the way Jesus lived his life. And he gave us the example. And that's what I'm going to show you. So let's go there. We're going to jump into the time when Jesus was betrayed by one of his disciples. Anybody remember who that was? Judas, right? The Roman soldiers had been looking for Jesus. Judas revealed where he was, and then they showed up with torches and, and weapons. And it sounds frightening, but I want you to take a look at how Jesus responded to this situation. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? You're looking for me, right? <laughs> Jesus knew all that was going to happen to him. He knew they were going to beat him, beat him silly, right? And hang him on a cross and kill him. Yet you don't find him hiding in his tent. He didn't run off whenever they showed up to arrest him. They showed up to intimidate him and he wasn't intimidated at all. He walked right up to him and said, you looking for me? You're looking for me because here I am. I tell you what, if the woke mob out there ever shows up to try to intimidate you for standing for truth in the word of God, this is how we should respond to it. Don't run from it. Don't back down. You step forward and you say, you looking for me? You're looking for me because I ain't changing. I'm standing for the word of God no matter what you say. So the soldiers told Jesus they were looking for Jesus. And Jesus simply said, I am he. And here's what happened. As he said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. That's great, isn't it? They thought they were the tough ones. And Jesus takes them out with three simple words. I am he. (laughs) He didn't even have to touch them. And after they got back up, Jesus willingly gave himself up to be arrested. And what you need to remember from this is that Jesus willingly gave himself up to be arrested. He didn't run. He didn't hide. He simply said, here I am. Go ahead. Arrest me. So Jesus was arrested, and he wasn't even taken to jail. He was taken to the religious leaders for questioning, and they didn't like his straightforward answers. And so they slapped him across the face. They beat him. They tied him up, and then they sent him to the Roman governor, Pilate. And surprisingly, Pilate did all that he could to release Jesus because he realized that Jesus was innocent. Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. They even had a custom to release one Jewish prisoner each year at Passover. So Pilate asked if he could release Jesus because Jesus was innocent. And it's time we get to release a prisoner. Do you want me to release Jesus? And what did they say? No, we want Barabbas. And Barabbas was actually a thief. Like he was in jail for a reason. So instead of releasing an innocent man, they chose to release a thief. And this is still going on today. People are crazy, y'all. People are crazy. Even after all this, Pilate still didn't want to kill Jesus. So he tried to work his way out of it one more time. Take a look. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again, and he asked him, where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Pilate worked so hard to save Jesus. He truly thought that he had the power to stop what Jesus had willingly started. But take a look at Jesus's response. He said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. Remember how Jesus willingly gave himself up to the soldiers? And now he's letting the governor know, you have no power over me. This is my call. I'm the one who decided to do this. And if we go back a few chapters in John chapter 10, we get further clarification on what, what's going on here. Jesus said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. So let me ask you, who decided when Jesus was to be arrested, beaten, and killed? Was it the religious leaders? Was it the Roman soldiers? Was it Judas? It was Jesus. He decided. Jesus decided when to lay down his life. 
Do you know why this truth is so important? Really two reasons. First, this shows you that Jesus willingly sacrificed his life to save yours. He didn't have to do it. He wanted to do it. He wanted to make a way for you to be reconciled with God and receive eternal life. And the second reason this is important is because the same goes for you. God has given you authority over your own life. The only one who can decide when to lay it down is you. It's you. And I understand that what I just said comes with a lot of opposing thoughts. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. We think of all the people who have died who shouldn't have. Maybe they died in a car accident or as a child or like whatever the case may be. And I have one of these situations in my own life, and I'm sure you do too. A few years ago at age 50, my father-in-law passed away. He was a healthy, God-fearing man, and then all of a sudden he was sick and then gone within just a few months. And when he was in the hospital, my wife had a conversation with him. She knew that, she, that he could be miraculously healed that day. She, she walked in anointed. She knew that he could walk out that day. So she asked him if that's what he wanted. And surprisingly, he said, no, it's not what he wanted. So my father-in-law made the decision that he was ready to lay down his life. And really, who could blame him? I mean, now he's knocking at heaven's door and he's like, I think I'm going to go there, (laughs) not stay here. It was hard on us, but man, he's having the time of his life. (laughs) There's lots of people who die prematurely. Sometimes it's by choice, but I think most of the time it's because they didn't know the authority that God gave them over their own life. So Satan takes advantage of that, and he comes in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's why you need to know this. Otherwise, Satan can show up and kill you because you don't know your authority. You just let him do it. We're not going to do that here. So say this with me. God has given me authority to decide when to lay down my life. Remember, Jesus decided when. He decided when to lay down his life. And he wants you to know that you can decide when to lay down your life. You don't have to die prematurely. God wants to satisfy you with long life. When you understand this truth, you live your life differently, don't you? Fear no longer controls you. Sickness no longer scares you. Death is no longer a big deal. You live with confidence knowing that, hey, I get to decide when it's time. So when you face sickness, you laugh. This isn't going to take me out. When you get in the car every day, you drive with complete peace knowing that, car accident's not going to take me out. Mm-mm. And when God asks you to go somewhere dangerous, you say, all right, let's go. Because this isn't going to take me out. Some people would think this is blasphemy. We're somehow offending God by walking in the authority that he gave us. How terrible of us to do such a thing. But it actually pleases God when we walk in our God-given authority. You know that every business owner in here, or if you've ever led anything, you are pleased whenever you delegate authority and they walk in it. And they use it, right? And God's the same way. But in case you're still struggling to believe that we can walk in the same authority that Jesus had on this earth, let me remind you of something. In 1 John 1, 6, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. As Jesus did. Did Jesus allow death to take him before he was ready? Did he allow his body to be sick? No, we just read about that. He decided when to lay down his life, and we're to live our lives just as Jesus did. Walk in your authority. You decide when to lay down your life. So do you need to fear sickness? No. Do you need to fear danger? No. Do you need to fear aging? No. Sandy, you're walking into the best decade of your life. Yes. A question that often comes up in this discussion, though, is what about the martyrs, Cade? 
What about the people who die because of their faith? Well, it looks like they're being killed, but they're actually willingly laying down their life for Jesus. They decided to do that. They decided when it was time. But in case you're still struggling to believe we have the authority, like maybe you're thinking, well, I understand that Jesus could do this, but that was Jesus. Well, first of all, Jesus was 100% human, just like we are. He had to deal with the same limitations that this body gives us. He had to deal with the same stuff. The reason he was able to work miracles is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And you guys know this. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave the Holy Spirit to us. So we can walk in the same power and authority that Jesus had when he was here on the earth. Let that sink in. The same power and authority belongs to us. But if that's not enough to convince you, I can tell you of somebody else who decided when it was time for them to go. The Apostle Paul. He encountered many things that should have killed him. One time he was shipwrecked for 14 days out in the sea. 14 days. Would you survive? No, not Americans. We sure wouldn't make it. There's no air conditioning out there. Yeah, no cell phone service. Another time he was bitten by a poisonous snake and everybody was sitting around watching and waiting for him to die because anybody else who had been bitten by that kind of snake died. But did he die? No. There was a time when people threw a bunch of big rocks at him. You know, they stoned him and they left him there for dead because he sure looked dead. But did he die? No. Paul went through a lot. And then the time finally came when he was ready to lay down his life. And here's how he explained it. He said, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. When we understand that we get to decide when to lay down our lives, we no longer fear persecution. We don't fear people who threaten us because we know they have no authority over our lives unless we give it to them. I ain't giving it to them. It's not that we want to die. It's just that we know we're not going to die until we decide it's time. And when it's time, you'll know whether you're an old geezer or a young martyr. You'll know when it's time. But back to Jesus, let me remind you, Jesus willingly laid down his life. As soon as Jesus started his earthly ministry, did you know that there were people out to kill him? They tried to stone him. They tried to run him off of a cliff. But they never could kill Jesus because only Jesus could decide when it was time. And when it was time, Jesus willingly gave up his life for you. He suffered through one of the most gruesome, awful deaths so that you could be healed, so that you could be saved, and so that you could be delivered from the bondage of sin and sickness. He didn't have to do it. He wanted to do it. He had you on his mind. And that's what motivated him to endure the suffering. He wanted your sins to be forgiven once and for all. He wanted you to experience eternal life. So that's what Jesus did. He was crucified. He died on the cross, but it doesn't end there. On the third day, he rose again, just as he said he would. And when he rose from the dead, Jesus had a few meetings with the disciples before he ascended into heaven. And what he revealed in these meetings is something that we need to know today. So I want you to take a look. In John 20, it says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Clearly, they did not yet understand what we are talking about today. But who can blame them? Because they had just watched Jesus be beaten and crucified. But thankfully, locked doors can't keep Jesus out. Because take a look. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. So what's the first thing that Jesus said after the resurrection? Peace be with you. He could see that they were afraid. And he's like, I can't have my disciples living afraid. 
So he didn't just say, hey, if you want some peace, here it is. No, he commanded it. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So once again, Jesus commands his peace on the disciples, but this time he gives them a reason. Why do they need that peace? Because he's sending them out. And the book of Mark gives us detail on what Jesus was sending them out to do. So as he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Whew. That's a big assignment. It's a good thing Jesus gives us peace because we're going to need it. And the main reason we need it is because there's going to be plenty of people who don't like us doing these things. But this peace that surpasses all understanding. I mean, we don't understand why we're peaceful as we're casting out demons, but we are. We don't understand why we still have peace when we're persecuted, but we do. And this is what the Lord is saying to you today. Peace be with you. Peace. In the midst of a world that's afraid of a virus, in a culture that gets upset about literally everything, peace be with you. That's what defines God's people, peace. In the days to come, the Holy Spirit will lead you into things that will challenge you if he hasn't done so already. You'll be uncomfortable. Other people are going to fuss at you for doing what God has called you to do. Anybody? It's great. But when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You get to decide when to lay down your life. You don't have to fear anything. So be bold and live strong because there's no person, there's no sickness, there's nothing that can take you out unless you let it. All right? In the words of Jesus, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Remember how we just read that the disciples were behind locked doors because they were afraid? Isn't that where the American church has been for quite some time now? Afraid of the government, afraid to confront the works of the devil, afraid to confront the LGBTQ movement, afraid to speak truth about the evil of abortion, just, just afraid. We've been locked up in our nice buildings because we're afraid to go into all the world, especially the dark places of the world. I mean, I'm talking about our government. It's pretty dark there. Entertainment, media, business, education, those areas are pretty dark. But we're supposed to be influencing all of it. We're supposed to be involved in all, all of it. We're supposed to go into all of it with the gospel. You know, the disciples went on to do some truly amazing things. They came out of their locked room, and they turned the world upside down for Jesus. But what gave them the boldness to step out? Where'd that boldness come from? What helped them overcome the fear of those religious leaders? Well, take a look. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It was the Holy Spirit. It was exactly what Jesus had promised them. And even Jesus said it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit than to have him here in the flesh. And you probably thought to yourself, I mean, I wish I could have seen Jesus work these miracles. It would make it a lot easier for me to believe. But the truth is you have something better you have the Holy Spirit available to you. So how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, here's how one of the disciples explained it. 
Peter, he said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance comes first. You have to make a choice to turn away from your sinful life. And then you call upon Jesus to completely forgive your sin. He washes you clean and he sets you free from the power of sin. So I'd like everybody in the room just to bow your heads right now in reverence of this moment, because I believe that Jesus is making an invitation to us right now. He's asking if you're ready to repent. Are you ready? Are you ready to repent? Are you ready to turn away from your life of sin and pursue the way of Jesus instead? Are you ready? If that's you, just simply let, know, let Jesus know right where you are. Yes, I'm ready. I repent. I turn away from my sin and I turn towards you because your way is better. And once you've repented, you need forgiveness. And thankfully, that's what Jesus gives you, complete, total forgiveness, as if it never existed. So I just want you to receive that forgiveness right now. He's pouring it out on you. All of it, completely forgiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to waste time in regret, that we can receive your forgiveness completely and totally forgiven. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.